Starting or returning to university in the middle of a pandemic poses a whole set of challenges and emotions. I'm with the co-founder of Mind Hammock and its clinical director, Phil Georgiou, to talk about just this. You're listening to the Mind Hammock podcast on university life during the COVID pandemic. Moving away or being away at university is sold to us as being fun and fabulous. But add a pandemic to that mix, my guess is for some it's tricky and traumatic. With the second wave well and truly here, I wanted to understand how people living away from home were reacting and more importantly, how to navigate these difficult times. I asked Phil Georgiou what his take on the situation was, especially for first year students and returning students. These are the highlights of our conversation. I started by asking Phil to tell me a little bit about himself and where he was from. So I'm originally from the UK, from a very mixed cultural family, a family where I have Greek, Irish and Australian um, roots in me as well as, as, as British roots. So quite a mixed background, brought up just outside of London, spent many years living in London um, and I've also lived abroad a lot. So I've lived in, in the UK, I've lived in Egypt, in Israel, I've lived in Italy and I've lived in Germany. So I've lived around quite a lot over the years. As someone who has started new lives in different countries, Phil, as they say in my neck of the woods, knows his chickens. He gets what it's like living away from family and friends. His background and specialisms are also relevant too. So I trained as a psychotherapist in London. Uh, here in Rome, I have a, a psychotherapy practice uh, and counselling practice. Uh, one of my specialist areas really over the years have been around trauma, sudden trauma, as well as around substance use and abuse. So I'm one of those people that with trauma will often turn up at, at very difficult events after sudden critical incidents, whether that's a natural disaster, uh, road traffic accidents, kind of when horrible things happen. I'm one of those people that comes along and helps to support, helps to manage the crisis or sends teams around the world to help manage those crises. And COVID is definitely a crisis on an international level, a local level and of course on a personal level. These are really uncharted territories. We're living in a pandemic, which for pretty much all of us, I would say all of us really, who are tuning into this podcast, this is the first ever time in your life that you're living through a pandemic. And it's about really acknowledging that reality, really knowing every day as you wake up that that this is actually the, the context in which you're living and that whilst we live in such extraordinary times, we'll be having some very ordinary reactions. So it's about acknowledging that we'll have some very ordinary reactions to a very abnormal or, 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 or unordinary situation um, and that gradually as we, as we allow ourselves to live with that knowledge, to know that it will pass and it will gradually transform into something else. Of course, emotions for many are running quite high, and they have been for some time. What kind of reactions do people have? How might people be feeling? I think there's, there's a whole host of different feelings and reactions that you might be feeling. And, and, some, and I'd say all of those, as I said before, are very normal reactions to an abnormal situation. And, and some of those reactions that you might feel quite alone, quite sad, isolated, feelings of depression. You might have difficulty sleeping, 
you might start start to feel really frustrated or irritable, even with those that are closest to you. That almost, you know, people keep making suggestions to you about what you should be doing and what what you should or you shouldn't be feeling, and that and that just becomes really frustrating, and you get irritable with them. You might find yourself drawn more to drinking alcohol or taking drugs, maybe in different ways to what you're used to. You might start to feel like you're, you're, you're sort of spending, you want to spend more and more time on social media and away from direct contact with people. You might find yourself withdrawing from others or from your academic life. I think it's also important to say that sometimes when we feel as though the world is all a little bit out of our control, what we can often try, find ourselves trying to do is to to exercise control where we can, which can sometimes be really healthy, but sometimes that can that can see us moving more towards controlling our food. You know, either we're sort of really binging or we're really really re- restricting the amount of food that we have. You can find it sort of getting in the way of of a healthy relationship with food. Similarly, with alcohol or drugs, you know, remember that alcohol, I mean, I, I'm by no means a prohibitionist, but remember that alcohol is a, is a by, by its chemical nature, it's a depressant. And so if you're already feeling quite vulnerable, you know, do be careful about how much alcohol you start to use because you are bringing in a depressant element into what's already a vulnerable situation. Sometimes we also try and exercise control when things feel uncontrollable through through self-harming behaviours, um, whether that's through things like cutting or, um, or 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 looking to to relieve some of those difficult feelings, as I've said before, with you know with things like food or alcohol use, and we can sometimes find ourselves just feeling that all of this is rather pointless or rather hopeless, and and some suicidal thoughts can sometimes come in. Um, or picking up old negative coping strategies. So from feeling isolated, feeling cranky at people telling us how we should be feeling, drinking more, trying to gain control of things, or even just feeling hopeless, all of these are normal reactions to an abnormal situation. Now let's turn to students who have just started at university. I think if you're a first-year student, you've probably spent forever, you've spent many years dreaming about the time when you can go when you can leave home maybe um maybe me maybe leave your hometown or your home city or even your home country and go and 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 just begin university begin this whole sort of new venture in your life where you're looking to meet new people to to become independent to leave some of those home comforts to test out how independent and how resilient you are uh, to have loads of fun, to learn lots of new things, and just be in a completely different environment. So if you're a first-year student, I think you've you've had a lot of anticipation and a lot of expectations going on. And then suddenly COVID happens, and, and you may find yourself either still living at home, so as a result of just not being able to get to your campus, doing online lectures, which you're just doing from your bedroom, or you may have actually even made it to a campus and you might be in the new place that you're going to study, but more or less all of the lectures anyway are online. So you're living in in halls of residence or on campus or in student housing, but you may not be mixing with others in the way that that you'd always hoped or dreamt of. And just sort of being there, twiddling your thumbs a little bit, really. So I think there'll be a lot of expectations and hopes 
that will be that might well have been dashed you might feel quite let down by the experience here in the first year all might start feel quite sort of bewildering or um, you might feel quite lost during that time so the high expectations of what life was going to be like at university have either been dashed dramatically or they're a distinct letdown Starting at university is often about forming new relationships and, if you're facing a cloud of disappointment, making friends when you don't feel great in yourself has got to be hard work. How can you make new friends when you're feeling crappy? I think it's a really good question. I think one of the things that we tend not to admit too much with new people is actually how we feel, is, is actually when we're feeling sad or if we're, feeling, if we're finding things tough, if we're struggling. Um, often we can have sort of feelings of pointlessness um, and sadness and homesickness. And, and it's those very things that we feel that we, we don't necessarily want to be talking about to new people because we don't want to be a burden or we don't want to bring those people down. Yet as a therapist, people come to me all the time telling me all of those things, particularly at the moment of that, those feelings of isolation and loneliness. And, and if only... If only they could meet other people that were feeling like them. And I think the reality is, is that a lot of people are struggling and a lot of people are finding this difficult, but they're sort of pulling away from each other and not talking to each other about it. So, so do take some risks to, to share with your roommates a little bit about how you're feeling or if you're struggling, let them know that. So the reality is that a lot of people are feeling the same way and sharing how you feel might help you see that others are feeling the same way too, pulling together rather than pulling apart. Lockdown has meant that for some first years they are forced to stay at home, indeed stuck at home. University was supposed to be a time that you reinvented yourself, became an independent adult partied and socialised, yes, but also dealt with shopping and paying the gas bill and, of course, cooking. Boring adult stuff. Do you think it's useful to try and show your parents at home that you are capable of being more independent and self-reliant by taking on types of responsibilities that you would have had to do living away at uni? I think that's a really, really good suggestion. And, and to do that through practical things like cooking could be a really, really good, um, a good idea. You know that you decide to you you might want to look at splitting the menus. So you you talk to your your dad or your mum or your brother or whoever it is that normally does the cooking, um, and and nominate a day when you'll do something or a couple of meals when you'll do something, and that you do the planning for that. You think about how to get the shopping for that. Um, you think about how to prepare that, and then you're the one that actually prepares that. I think that's a really really good idea to begin to try to live as you had imagined yourself um, living, uh, living away when you were sort of dreaming of being at university and maybe living independently. I think that's a very good suggestion. I, I think it's also important to acknowledge the reality that, that sometimes at first that can be a bit excruciating because there's, there's, I often think there's nothing more than trying to change and grow when we're under the watchful gaze of those that have known us all of our lives. And, and, and so often we sort of get parents saying to us or our brothers and sisters kind of saying to us, well, you don't normally do that. You do, that's not like you. You're doing something different. You're showing off now. Why are you doing that? You know, sort of questioning you as, as, and all you're trying to do is, is sort of be yourself and grow. So sometimes it can be a bit excruciating kind of 
growing under the watchful eye of others. Um, but at the same time, stay with it. You know, try and try and I think the word is courage, you know, so have the courage to stay with it. And if if you want to, if your path is to become more independent, then even if you feel that people are kind of are looking at you kind of strangely, then try and stay on that path and stay true to it. And very quickly, people will start seeing you in a different light too. Although demonstrating that you're no longer the ugly duckling and that you are in fact a beautiful swan can be a bit excruciating, it's a good place to start. Now we've talked about first year students, but there are of course second, third and fourth year students who are at university and facing this same massive upheaval. If you're a second, third or fourth year student, so you're a returning student, you'll have had maybe a year or a couple of years of having a time at university that you kind of know that you've learned to love or that you've been really at the very least enjoying a lot. And you might sort of have gone back there now and be struggling with the fact with the fact that things aren't as they were. You may have just moved into student shared apartments, for example, or shared flats. Times of uncertainty like this can be really destabilizing for you. So it can result in kind of arguments with your roommates or with your flatmates about, you know, what actually is is social distancing. Should you be going out and about? Should you be at home? What should you be doing? You may find yourself, you know, those things that you used to hate, like getting up early for early morning lectures, you might start sort of finding yourself, the things I used to hate the most are the things I'm now missing the most. Like, I really, really wish there was that structure or that routine that I could go back to. I think that if you're a second, third or fourth year student, you might be feeling, well, how can I join? How can I be part of those clubs that was so that either they're political clubs or special interest clubs or groups or hobbies. How can I take part in all of those things that were such an important part of my life? How can I take part in the kind of the pub life, the social life, the clubbing, all of that stuff that I used to do? How can I how can I get to all of those things sit now that I'm, I'm stuck in my room or or not really able to leave too much? So social networks like Instagram, etc. are a good way to find out what's going on. But they too can be a double-edged sword, showing picture-perfect lifestyles that are really quite hard to measure up to. You can't judge other people's experiences by how, how they might present themselves on social media. So it can be very easy to feel that all of your roommates and your flatmates are kind of having the time of their life because that's what it looks like on social media when the reality might be a bit more complex, a bit more three-dimensional than what you're seeing around you on social media. Of course, some elements of lockdown are also quite pleasurable. I'm a big fan of the Zoom mullet, taking online lectures with the top half looking smart and the bottom half being completely slobby. And if you're not at ease with socialising, social distancing can also be a relief. For those of you actually also who, who may be a little bit less extrovert or a little bit more shy you might actually be finding that this is a really good time for you where you where you feel that some of the pressure is off to have to socialize all the time or to be out there making new friends all the time but at the same time you might start feeling a little bit concerned that you're not pushing yourself out of your comfort zone enough and that that this way of being actually suits you but not in the healthiest kind of way 
So I think it's really important that where you can, you try and push yourself a little bit out of your comfort zone, whether that be to actually get up and sort of cook with with people that you're living with or just to start getting to know them and, and talk to them a little bit more about what you're feeling and how you're experiencing things. Now I want to turn to phone calls back home, accessing our support networks. Hearing a friendly voice can help us get some of the things that we're feeling off our chest but also fielding families' excess worry about how we're coping and what's going on can also be quite traumatic. How do we keep our support networks from freaking out and turning phone calls home into anxiety fueled moments of dread? <laughs> this is a really good question because I think one of the situations that I come up with a lot are parents who say to me and who call our helplines and they sort of say, you know, I've just called my son or daughter or my child's just been in touch with me and they're really struggling and they're having a terrible time and uh, and they're really stressed out and, and they're, they're, their study is all wrong and they're not making friends and they're finding it really difficult and it's just terrible. And and, and the parents are on the phone to us in a in a really sort of elevated state of anxiety and, and, and powerlessness because, of course, they love their kids and they want to really look after their kids and do something for, uh, for their son or daughter. But, but what they often forget is that just that phone call really helped to calm down their son or daughter and that their son or daughter was able to then leave the phone call, able to get on with studying and, and, and watching Netflix or hanging out with friends um, virtually or even in person. Um, and the parents left with the anxiety. So there's a sort of a message in there to try and, you know, if you are listening to this and your mum and dad are really anxious, then do let your, let your mum and dad know that sometimes when you talk to them, that it really is, is helpful for you, actually, and it does enable you to get on with life. So it's not necessarily that the, the, the panic or the stress that you were feeling at the beginning of the call is what you're going to be left with when you put the phone down. You might need to sometimes just reassure your parents of that. And that's nearly the end of our podcast. But before we finish, I wanted to ask Phil to give us a few practical tips about how to get through these next few months. Mm. I think the first thing that I would say is that because this is a pandemic and because we have so much uncertainty around it, is that is to come back to the here and the now. So for today, we know that we're at home. Today, we know that we've got a lecture at nine. We've got a pre-recorded lecture at 11, um, that we've got different things happening during the day and try to stay very much day to day. Try not to catastrophize too much that this is going to go on forever, that my whole life is going to be like this. Try to come back to what is within your sight, what is within your reach, which is how you are in this moment, um, in the here and the now. But do reassure yourself that this this is something that will trans transform. This is a temporary situation that won't go on forever. 